communistic characteristic punishing you if you speak out against the, the authoritarian party or the one controlling the people. Don't ask questions and hammer the nail that's, that, that sits up. It's so telling because if, if this was truly about health and if this was truthful information, truth has no problem being challenged. A lie has problem being challenged. And if they were actually genuinely telling the truth on this, and we were genuinely just crazy conspiracy theorists who are deliberately misleading people, they would very easily be able to host us on any platform, any news station, especially the experts who have the balls to speak out from our side of the spectrum. If this was truly about truth, they would bring those people on their platforms, those dissenting experts, and debate them for the whole world to see, to dismiss all their claims right in front of everyone's faces. The reason that they censor people is not because we're too stupid to decide what's best for ourselves. The reason that they censor people is because they know you and everyone else listening are smart enough to determine if fed information from both sides of the spectrum, which one is a bullshit lie. What is this whole thing about? When you zoom out, when you look at the testing and notice that the testing is faulty, there's so much corruption and censorship and there's so many holes in the story. Put on a mask or don't wear a mask and all this back and forth of the politicians telling us one thing, Dr. Fauci talking on both sides of his mouth. And once you start like seeing all the, the holes in the story, the holes in the narrative, nothing's really adding up. Take all the emotions out of the story. Take all the politics out of the story. And what's really happening? Our society is changing as we know it, before our eyes. There's an agenda being pushed here on the people, on a global scale. And people need to wake up and realize that, that there's an evil coming our way, and they're using Corona as the Trojan horse to implement all this agenda. And people need to wake up, because the time is now. So, so where do we go from here? Is there hope? powerful drug. There's always hope. Always hope. That's what we need to stand on because the truth is on our side. More importantly, God is on our side. First and foremost, we need to understand that. And the power is in the people. The government works for us. We need to put them in check. Benjamin Franklin said, when the government fears the people, there's liberty. But when the people fear the government, there's tyranny. We need to understand that our voice matters. Get out and make a stand for truth. And fight for our medical freedoms. Fight for our freedom. Freedom isn't safe, but it's the safest thing we have. Let's build community. Don't get wrapped up in the hate. The hate is a poison. Conflict can be productive. And it can be structured as win-win interactions where we're learning from each other and we have a dynamic, active tension like you and me talking about vaccine safety. That's good. Okay? And... Conflict can result in a situation in which we start to label each other as the enemy and see each other as the enemy and behave against each other as the enemy and depersonalize each other. And that is win-lose. When we get to the point where we're so pissed off at each other that we don't care so long as if we have some pain, so long as the other person has even more pain. You know, we don't care if we lose lives so long as they lose more lives. Let's not go there, okay? Um, we don't have to do that. 
we we play into their narrative and their dysfunctionalism if we do that. And I think the first step for everybody is to step back from the emotionality of it all. You know, modern modern news and, and politics and all this is so hypercharged with emotion that people aren't able to think critically anymore. You know, we've become this this outraged society where we read headlines and make vast assumptions about things based on that. The the amount of misinformation that comes from that is it's catastrophic, really. Being skeptical is a good thing. You know, and that goes for your politicians, that goes for your employer, that goes for anybody. It's good to question. And I don't think that as a society we do enough questioning. This is our new life. COVID is going to keep spreading, is going to keep mutating, and we're going to keep getting strand after strand after strand. If we want to stand up, we got to take this country back and we have got to start waking up. It is so unbelievably important for you to get out of your toxic disease state, for you to heal your trauma, for you to intake proper nutrition, spend time in nature, for you to get out and exercise, for you to stop living in perpetual fear. I, I hope it's not naive, the idea of turn the other cheek. If, if we don't stop hating each other, and stop fighting rather than listening we can never heal i suggest we set aside our differences we lead by example try really hard to avoid the hate don't go around just attacking the other side and slandering them just like we're being slandered the allopathic world serves a great purpose it can be life-saving and trauma care. I love the wilted plant illustration because if we look at a wilted plant and say, hey, what does that plant need? We just sit back from an observational viewpoint and say, what does that plant need? The allopathic lenses and the allopathic model will say, I'm going to look at that plant and I'm going to cut the leaves off. I'm going to medicate or vaccinate that plant. But really, is that the best solution? The best solution would be to give that plant water because that's what it needs and that plant can be well. And you see, your body is no different. Your body constantly wants to heal itself. To give an example of that, if, if you had a broken arm, you go to the doctor, they cast the arm. Six weeks later, the cast is removed. The body's healed. Wow. Who did the healing? Did the doctor, did the cast, or the, the innate intelligence inside the body? We need to, to understand that this life is a blink of an eye compared to eternity. And I can't even fathom what people go through that don't have that hope because it can be a very scary place to be they're fearful their anxiety levels are high they're hopeless the bible says you know fear god you know god is a god of love and he loves us and you know john 3 16 states that god so loved the world that he gave his only son for us that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life well is that that's a god that loves us that has grace grace means undeserving love and I'm like, well, why did it say fear God? Fear God. Well, when we fear God and fear Him, at the level that it's talking about, we surrender our life to Him. And so we need to understand that God is always for us, and we need to, to put our faith into Him and not give in to this fear. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, sound mind, 
And we need to understand that. There's always hope. Always. That is from the time now. That's the end of it. You can watch the whole thing. You can listen to some of that on... Uh, oh, boy. On um, my Telegram, I have the whole thing. Um, time to Free America. I'm going to take... There is just clips that other people have gotten when it comes to that three-hour conversation with uh, Joe Rogan. And so let me if I can speed this up some so that you can hear that I have so much I just want to share I'm like there's just um a lot okay so I want you to listen to this happen in the United States through the intentional blockade of early treatment by the U.S. government that half is a, a million half a million that is a well-documented number okay and it's a combination of hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin and Zeb Zelenko who's a buddy uh, the guy that came out with the original protocol, the Zelenko protocol, and was the one, by the way, that wrote the letter to um, uh, to Trump advocating for hydroxychloroquine. Okay, kind of important to put that together. He's put together a great little video clip in which he clearly documents the conspiracy between Janet Woodcock and Rick Bright to make it so that Physicians could not administer hydroxychloroquine outside of the hospital. And who who is Janet Woodcock and who's Rick Bright? Rick Bright was the head of BARDA, of BARDA the Biomedical Advanced Research Directorate, which is the group that, for instance, funded the J&J &J vaccine and Operation Warp Speed, etc. So they're the big ticket funder in health and human service of, of biodefense products. And who is she? Janet Woodcock um, was head of Operation Warp Speed for drugs and uh, until very recently head of the FDA. There was a specific visit of Biden to Modi and um, a decision was made in the Indian government not to disclose the contents of those packages that were being deployed in Uttar Pradesh, which they're still there. And Uttar Pradesh is flatlined right now. The rest of the world is yelling about Omicron and, and, and hospitalizations. Well, South Africa isn't. But uh, Uttar Pradesh is still flatlined in terms of deaths. So they were visited by someone in the Biden administration? Right. You no, know, there's a meeting between Joe Biden and, and um, Modi. And you and believe that out of that meeting, all they decided... I know I don't know what they said. I didn't wasn't invited. All I know is that immediately afterwards, there was a decision not to disclose the contents of what was being deployed in Uttar Pradesh. It's so crazy to imagine that in the middle of a pandemic, there's one place, uh, uh, one area of India that's extremely successful in combating the virus, and they're not going to say how they did it. I mean, that's that's nuts. That's I, you know, so that's that's where I kind of my stance in all of this is to say, here are the facts, here are the verifiable data, draw your own conclusion. What we do know, for sure, well documented, if you've got prior COVID and natural immunity, you, you have a higher risk of adverse events from the jab. Now, the other part of my story that often gets overlooked, so I took two doses of Moderna. With the second dose, I developed stage three hypertension with systolic blood pressure of up to 230 okay i'm lucky to be alive 
you know, what it means is I've had a stress test of my aorta and my cerebral vascular system, and I didn't have a stroke, and I didn't tear my aorta all to shreds. But it's a good thing. I had, I had irregularities of heartbeat, incredible hypertension, POTS syndrome, narcolepsy, restless leg syndrome. These are all known side effects that are associated with the vaccine. They're relatively less frequent than the myocarditis in the children, in male children in particular. But they're all known on the list of adverse events. And it's very clear that people that have natural immunity have a much higher risk factor um, for this whole spectrum of adverse events but even, if they get jabbed. Even though that's known, there's so many people out there telling people who've just recovered from COVID to get vaccinated. It is. Um, there is a number of things here that um, are not supported by the science, I'll say gently. Um, to be less gent since, gentle, since we're on the Joe Rogan show, I can speak freely. It's nucking futz. Okay, so you know, Joe, you're in media. I guess. What, what, we're, what we're experiencing is a coordinated media warfare, the level of which we have never seen before. And I and my peers who are experienced in multiple outbreaks have never seen this level of coordinated propaganda. Okay, so anti-vaxxers, you'll recall, is the, the label that is used to, to basically take anybody out that is raising any concerns about vaccine safety. Um, it's, it's the pejorative that's applied and it makes it really easy for the media to basically um, take off the table anybody that's saying something that is contrary to the interests of the, really, the vaccine industry. Right. Um, so there was a decision that this same toolkit, this same integrated um, international media and high-tech um, organization led by the BBC would be pivoted to resisting vaccine misinformation and disinformation. And uh, they put out a proud press announcement last fall that this was what they're going to do. And um, they defined these things, misinformation and disinformation, as anything which was going to lead to vaccine hesitancy and which was contrary to the official statements of the World Health Organization or their respective national health organizations. So if CDC says the world is flat, then the world is flat. And there will be no discussion about whether or not the world is flat. I'm using obviously an ex right. a, a simplified, um, silly example. Um, so whatever the CDC or Tony Fauci or Tedros, etc., says is truth by definition. And any, any information or discussion which is contrary to that truth will be suppressed. It will be deleted. And those people will, that are, are expressing these opinions that would lead to vaccine hesitancy, which to some eyes would be informed consent and, and decisions by an individual that they believe the risk-benefit ratio doesn't matter, doesn't make sense to them. That, will, that information will not be allowed, and those people that are spreading that information will not be allowed to interact in the public sphere in social media. Okay, so that's this kind of, if you want to unpack this whole thing, it starts by understanding the Trusted News Initiative. 
but who are these three fringe epidemiologists? Well, they happen to be full professors from obscure universities, Oxford, Harvard, and Stanford. And they were warning about lockdowns. They were warning about lockdowns in the Great Barrington Declaration. That's what prompted that. And can you explain the Great Barrington Declaration? So these three esteemed, high-profile academic epidemiologists came together and said and did an analysis, comprehensive analysis, about everything that was known about lockdowns and their impacts during infectious disease outbreaks. And they came out with a specific statement. You can find it on the web. Look up Great Barrington Declaration. And they came out with a specific statement that these lockdowns were going to cause more harm than help, which was contrary to the messaging that was being put out by Tony. And so Tony decided that they had to be destroyed. And then you had Francis Collins recently coming on Fox News after these emails were foiled and brought out into the open and saying that if we had followed their advice, millions of people would have died. This is the, this is the fallback. Anytime you criticize these guys, what they say is, oh, you're killing people. I mean, they do it to me, too. So here's an even more fun one, okay, That's, that just cuts right to it. Um, you know, the, the pejorative these days is the country's name is actually Fizzreal. Uh, it's no longer Israel. Um, the Israeli people are very compliant with their government. And their government has a financial deal with Pfizer, obviously. Okay? And they only have Pfizer vaccine. And they're now on jab number four. There's a natural experiment that's occurring in the Palestinian territory and the surrounding states. Those surrounding states in the Palestinian territory does not have that level of vaccine uptake at all. The mortality in the surrounding states and the Palestinian authority is substantially less from this virus than the mortality in Israel. Now, is that... Is, is it factored by age? Is it like, what is, so what, are there any, what are the variables? Good question. And, and this, this is akin to this mystery, mystery, sorry, of what's going on in Central Africa in the malaria belt, where you have really low levels of mortality. Um, and what you're, what you're hitting on, um, uh, appropriately, you're getting right to the core of the issue is confounding variables. And in general, the, Isra- the Israeli population is a little bit older than the Palestinian territory on average, so that's a lower risk. Neither one of them are associated with high rates of mortality, of morbidity, uh, of obesity. Um, and so that variable seems to be out. That may be one of the major variables in Africa, is that in that malaria belt, people generally aren't fat. Um, they happen to also be taking ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine for the indigenous uh, parasites that they have to deal with. Um, so a lot of people were saying, well, that must prove that hydroxy and ivermectin protect. Well, not so. As you point out, there's a lot of moving parts here. Mm-hmm. And um, so this is why, you know, I'm glad you didn't ask me, well, why is that, Robert? Um, because I would have said, hmm, I can't say because there's too many confounding variables. However, it is a fascinating observation um, that we have this um, intensively vaccinated cohort in Israel and, and 
much, much less vaccinated cohorts in the surrounding states. And you can look it up on Worldometer. You don't have to believe me. You, you know, your audience is smart enough. They can go on Worldometer and look it up and look at the mortality and morbidity in these different countries and figure it out for themselves. Now, you just glossed over the financial incentive um, to report a COVID death. What is that? What is the financial incentive? Because there's all these rumors that you would hear about what a hospital gets paid per COVID death and that the government gives them money and that they're incentivized to make something market down. It's not rumors. It's not rumors. Um, Now, I don't have the specific numbers at the top of my head. I'm not a hospitalist. I'm not a hospital administrator. But the the numbers are quite large. There's something like a $3,000 basically death benefit to a hospital if it can be claimed to be COVID. There's a financial incentive to call somebody COVID positive. The CDC made a determination in year one. This is why all of our baseline data is junk. What is the financial incentive to say that they're COVID positive? That's why the PCR cycles are ramped up so high? I, again, you're asking causation. I I can tell you that the hospitals receive a bonus from the government, I think it's like 3,000 bucks, if someone is hospitalized and able to be declared COVID positive. They also receive a bonus. I think the total is something like 30,000 in incentive if somebody gets put on the vent. Then they get a bonus if somebody is declared dead with COVID, COVID, okay? So they have an incentive at the front end to declare somebody COVID, a COVID case. The CDC made a determination that they, they were going to make a core assumption if PCR positive the, and you die, that is death due to COVID. And so the, the extreme example, just to, to show the absurdity, um, if the patient comes in with a bullet hole to the head um, and they do a nose swab and they come up PCR positive, they're determined to have died from COVID when in fact they died though? from lead poisoning. That's real? Yeah. So they've really done that with gunshot victims? I don't know about, victims. yeah, yeah for, for sure trauma and other things. So I, I've seen that said but I've always thought that's ridiculous. There's no way a hospital it's, would do it's that. Not, it's, not the, it's not a question of what the hospital would do. It's a question of med codes. So the code is set that if you swab that person and you are, you're supposed to swab them. And, and you get a positive signal. And the are you person, obligated to swab them no matter who they are if they come in with an injury? I believe it's the common practice. I don't know whether the, whether there would be an obligation that would be a hospital by hospital policy. Statement. So that it really is true that if someone has a gunshot wound and they're dying of that gunshot wound and you check them for COVID and if they're COVID positive and they die, they marked it off as a COVID death. That is a, that is by definition from the CDC. That was a decision that was made early on. That seems insane. That there is, that there is that's why so many of us are so much in arms. But Thomson Reuters is tied to Pfizer. Um, they have common corporate ownership, and they are the fact checker of Twitter. Now, they're integrated. Okay, so it's it's Thomson Reuters is making the decision 
um, which has connections to Pfizer, about what information will be allowed to be discussed on Twitter. That is crazy. That is so crazy to even hear. I, I, and I don't know how we ever pull out of this mess. I mean, I think we are at a 45-degree downward angle headed into a mountain. I really do. It's, it's so strange to me that no one's up in arms about this other than a few people that have been censored, a few people that have these uh, opposing viewpoints that are you know, deemed to be something that can't be discussed. Well, it's, it's, Joe, it's even deeper than that, okay? Then there's the hunting of physicians. So I myself, you know, Peter McCullough is the textbook example of hunting physicians, right? The guy is 150,000 150, in debt right now in the hole in trying to defend his medical license. This is one of the most highly published authors in the world. Um, he's an exceptional researcher, you know, and, and apparently a pretty good podcaster, too. Um, uh, based on, <laughs> I mean, the guy's published more in his field than any other physician in history. And Baylor's trying to take him out. And it's not only Baylor, it's some entity outside of Baylor that's come in and is financing the attacks on him. The mortality of Omicron is remarkably low. I think we can all agree on that. It's Yay. essentially like a cold. That's the list of symptoms from Omicron published in Nature, I think, recently, are pretty much 100% overlap with common cold. Well, how about that ridiculous press release from the White House that said we're the winner of the unvaccinated death? You're going to experience a, a winner of death and the overwhelming hospitalizations. All I can say is that the political genius behind that should be taken out in the behind in the woodshed and given a good whooping because um, that was just horrible political messaging I so horrible and in <laughs> the terms in terms of omicron so inaccurate yeah um but it doesn't matter yeah. and that's 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 the core thing of of this chronic angst of of what the heck is going on this doesn't make any sense at all um you know i don't want to get too f off your topic but um our government is out of control on this, and they are lawless. They completely... And our judicial system is uh, unfair also in many... There's more of this I'll play um, just a little bit longer of the three-hour just clips of the Robert Malone interview waking up the masses with uh, Joe Rogan because he has got I don't know 13 million followers on Insta and I don't know his podcast is the like number one ever and he's finally you know red pilling people um, the US judge blocks the Pentagon from publishing uh, punishing a Navy SEAL who refuses the COVID-19 vaccine I guess it's the good thing but um, did it, but anyways, I just thought I'd throw that in because I'm only going to let this play a little longer. <sighs> so much to share. Disregard bioethics. They completely disregard the federal common rule. They have broken all the rules that I know of that I've been trained on for years and years and years. These mandates of an experimental vaccine are explicitly illegal they are 
explicitly inconsistent with the Nuremberg Code. They're explicitly inconsistent with the Belmont Report. They are flat out illegal and they don't care. And the only thing standing between us and it's too late for many of our colleagues, including my, you know, the unfortunate colleagues in the DOD. Um, hopefully we're going to be able to stop them before they take our kids. So are you saying, are you implying that perhaps one of the reasons why they're removing monoclonal antibodies is to enhance the amount of people that are sick? I'm saying it is in the spectrum of the range of possible, just the same as the withholding of early treatments is inexplicable. And this is inexplicable in that we know that they're very effective. I, I have personal evidence that they're very effective. They, were, they work great on me. The fact that they're removing this and that you would even consider that the reason why they're doing it is to extend the emergency use authorization for political reasons is that's insane. That's terrifying. It's, it's hard for me to reconcile the behavior of the government and its public health decisions with the data. And I'm, I'm, it's, it's, you, it's like there's two bins. Is it incompetence or is it malevolence? Are, are they, is it, is, is there some ulterior political motive or are they just dumb stupid? And uh, for me personally, it's so confusing that I find myself in a situation where I feel compelled to have people like you on because I don't know where else this is going to get out. I don't. So, so, um, thank you. On, on behalf of, you know, in my case, I'm the president of the International Alliance of Physicians and Scientists. We are over 16,000 people from all over the world, physicians and scientists. And you can find our website at www.globalcovidsummit.org. Um, we are gobsmacked about what's going on. Um, and we are shut down, censored, demeaned, fill in the blank, all over the world. And over a period of two years, the world's completely changed in that regard. And um, they're taking our licenses and uh, licensed to practice medicine because we are speaking about these matters. And you can label me however you want to label me. I don't care. I've done what I've done in my career. I'm at a stage at 62 years old. I've got a farm. It's almost paid off. I raise horses. I love my wife. You know, I've been married a long time. My kids are both married. I got grandkids. But, you know, I don't need this. Um, <laughs> I'm, there's this claim, I'm doing all this because I seek attention. Trust me, this is not a fun thing to be doing um, at this stage. Physicians at FLCCC in senior positions, highly, like Peter McCullough, people at the, at the culmination of uh, exceptional careers, Paul Merrick, um, an exceptional physician by any standards, run out of his hospital, demeaned, destroyed, actively attacked, trying to take his license. This is, this medicine is being destroyed globally. People are losing faith in the whole system. They're losing faith in the scientific enterprise. 
They're losing faith in our government. They're losing faith in the vaccine enterprise. I mean, what is going to be the long-term consequences of public health when you have a large fraction of the population who wasn't anti-vaxxer, that pejorative, before, that are now saying, oh, my God, if this is how these people make decisions, I don't want anything to do with it. I certainly don't want it jabbed into my kid. Pfizer is one of the most criminal pharmaceutical organizations in the world based on their past legal history and fines. What do those fines include? Bribing physicians. Okay. It is a cost-benefit analysis in the pharmaceutical industry about misbehavior. They are not grounded in the ethical principles that you and I as average people believe in. They don't live in that world. As you appropriately point out, they are about profit, return on investment. And furthermore, the overlords that own them, BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street, etc., these large, massive funds that are completely decoupled from nation states, have no moral core. They have no moral purpose. Their only purpose is return on investment. We're having demonstrable drops in IQ and fundamental developmental milestones in the very young, like 20 IQ points, okay? Children have to see faces to learn how to speak and to interact socially. You're talking about social... Okay, not only that, (laughs) people that are um, hard of hearing, such as my mother who doesn't know sign language, I've told her for years to get it, but they read lips. And so many other deaf people, because it's hard to interact with other people that aren't deaf, they read lips to understand you. And then you are muzzled with a mask that doesn't work, and they can't understand you. Just take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Um, I'm hoping that I can pull some of, uh, some of this other stuff I wanted to share on this podcast with this episode. Let's see. I want to make sure I can get this. So just bear with me as I find the right stuff. Yes, let's end up with this good one. Letters being delivered to the Federal Aviation Agency and the CEOs and chief legal officers of all of the major airlines as well as their insurance companies, putting these aviation entities on notice that they have ignored and acted in contravention of their own federal aviation regulations, namely Part 14, Title 14 of the Code of Federal Regulations, Section 6513, and its guidance, which essentially prohibit the medical clearance of all pilots who have taken non-FDA-approved products. As you may be aware, there are no FDA-approved COVID vaccinations commercially available right now in the United States, which essentially means that every single pilot flying right now who has been vaccinated for COVID-19 in the United States is flying with non-FDA-approved products in their system. These do not issue, do not fly regulations and guidance as they are known clearly state, and I quote, do not issue do not fly. Aviation medical examiners should not issue medical certificates to people who are using these classes of medications or uh, products. Non-FDA, FDA approved less than 12 months ago. The FAA generally requires at least one year of post-marketing experience with a new drug before consideration for aeromedical certification purposes. This observation period allows time for uncommon 
but aeromedically significant adverse effects to manifest themselves. The reason for this prohibition cannot be overstated and in fact was just delineated in the federal rules I cited to you. We cannot have aeromedically significant adverse events affecting these pilots while they are in the sky because that doesn't just pose a risk to the pilot themselves, it poses a risk to every American, hundreds of Americans that are flying in that commercial jet with them. At this point, the FAA, all I can say is they have turned a blind eye, not just to the fact that these pilots are flying with newly approved products in their system that they should wait a year before allowing to occur, but with wholly unapproved FDA products, uh, sorry, FAA products in their system. Worse, the FAA is allowing certain carriers to actually mandate these vaccines in violation of not just the regulation I just stated, but also black letter federal law, the Emergency Use Authorization Act, which prohibits any mandating of a product while it is still in the experimental phase. At this point, we are aware of aeromedically significant adverse effects that have occurred and will likely keep occurring with these pilot populations. There was one pilot who will be speaking shortly, who once he got up in the sky, quote, felt an extreme burst of pressure in his brain, which caused him to become dizzy, shaking, nauseous, and then to essentially black out at the control such that he had zero memory of landing that plane. What? What? And I, 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 I put this out there at the same point where I have a loved one that's in the air right now flying, and I have another one that's going to be flying in a few days. And I have a cousin who refused to take um, the experimental jab and is not working in the airline industry because of that. And do you want someone that has had the COVID vaccine flying your plane? I just putting this out there. I don't make, make my episodes real long. Also, it's funny because somebody tagged me. Don't tag me in something and expect me not to tell the truth and be caught like whatever. And I, I do need to get off the Nazi Facebook, but it's nice to be on there and be have some positivity and some light in the situation. We have to fight this information and warfare wherever we can until we're totally taken off online. Um, and somebody in the, uh, another nurse posted, you know, oh my God, the hospitals are picking up with Omicron and you need to stay home, wear a mask and get vaccinated. And so of course I put comments in there and then there was like 39 comments and then I put comments in that and all of a sudden I'm gone. So obviously she blocked or deleted me. I am not the vicious one, but it seems if you're on the left view of this all and um, your faux vaccines, including family members, they completely um, are brainwashed in the whole thing and they, they have no problem silencing you. Makes you think, how did all that shit happen um, in the 1930s where so many Jews were killed, it was non-compliance and people just turning a blind eye and also feeding into all the hatred that was towards that. They, it was a slow thing and we're in that slow cooker now. You need to hop out and if you have loved ones that are like my family members or friends that are just completely don't want to have dialogue, um, science is open dialogue. And if they refuse to do that, all, all you can do is pray and then, you know, send them information. There is, um, recently I just got the COVID land, uh, documentary and it's a DVD you can give out, you know, past Christmas or whatever to people. 
Um, I'm going to need to put that all in the show notes so people can click and support that organization. And then there's some documents that you can send out. I have sent things out in the mail to people just to try to ride bill people because I care. I don't want to see more people injured. Um, I have so much in here about like you can give your body the right things it can heal to a point. Sometimes there's no point and God will take you off this earth and he knows when we're all going to die. And so your soul is either going to go to heaven or hell. You can d- argue me with me about that and disagree with about that, but um, I'm going to back up and say this is this is truth. And uh, if you don't want to believe it, I'm sorry for you. God, open your eyes. Um, mine have been definitely cleared and opened. And so I'll go back into revelations coming up in some other episodes. And uh, it's funny because I'm not the only one who's like decided to dive into revelations. Some other big people out there that are doing a good job is Monkey Works, who has a very good um, YouTube channel still open. Um, I'm diving into revelations. There are a couple other podcasters that are dived into revelations really well, too. Um, but we'll have our different takes on what's going on. Also reading the book of Daniel. So I'm going to go listen to the book of Daniel today. Part of it. I'm, I go by chapter by chapter. So don't overwhelm my brain. And that I also can focus it all. It doesn't just go in one ear and out the other. I hope that you share this. Um, be blessed and oil on.